On this episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem, I talked with Jake Trowbridge. You might know Jake as a co-host of Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football, as well as Ball Blast Football. He's also a weekly DFS guest on Harris Football Podcast. We had a great conversation talking about things such as performing karaoke, his impressions, putting out video content, pronunciation of names, and much more. You can find Jake on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. You can also find me on Twitter at TheCaseyKasem and the show on Twitter at GetReal underscore pod. This show is also a member of the DAP Network. And now for the conversation I had with Jake Trowbridge. All right. I am so excited to be sitting down with you, Jake. It's going to be a blast. I can already, like the vibe, the energy here sounds amazing, feels amazing. It's great. Um, But before we get started, I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about the reason why I asked you to come on this show. And the reason I asked you to come on the show was mainly because I see all the positivity that you put out on Twitter and all the fun stuff that you put out on Twitter. Like you make Twitter a very enjoyable place. So I just wanted to let you know that before we get into this whole conversation. Well, thank you. That's (laughs) literally what my whole attempt at Twitter is right now. It's like, can I make it a little bit less of a cesspool and maybe entertaining throughout the day? So I'm super excited you said that. Well, you're doing an excellent job with it. So I want to go, since this is a show where we kind of figure out who you are, I don't know that much about you. There are guests, I mean, there are people listening that I'm sure don't know as much about you as they would like to know, and they're about to find out. But I want to know, when you first started in this world, let's say when you were a child, <laughs> were you a fan of sports did you have a sports team that you liked did you play sports man I was not a sports kid At, straight up my whole family was not sports people like we played little league because we felt like you have to play little league because I grew up in a really tiny town it was like a one church one gas station kind of town and so it's like well everybody just plays little league and that's what you do and then after after that then we moved into karate. We were a karate family. So all of my siblings, my parents did that instead. And that's, it's like sports adjacent, but I wouldn't <laughs> say sports per se. And then, you know, we'd watch the Super Bowl and really yeah. just mostly for the commercials. We were that kind of family. So I didn't have a lot of exposure to sports, like football, especially until I went to college in uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison. It's a big badger town and everybody, it's all you do throughout the week and (laughs) and the weekend, of course, with the tailgating. Uh, And it was just at the time Aaron Rodgers was taking over for the Packers. So that happenstance coincided nicely with me getting into sports. Yeah, that, I mean, that is perfect. That's a perfect situation to go into. And how did you find out like football was this like major awesome thing that we're all obsessed with now, but how did, how did you stumble across it exactly? Man, you know, again, aside from like the occasional Super Bowl thing as a kid, like I realized how awesome uh, football was when I went one week watching sports, watching football, watching the Packers, watching the Badgers, not really caring, like following along and you cheer when other people cheer and you like learn as you go along, like what a really good play is and what a not so good play is. But it went from that, like just very cursory knowledge, just like excited to be a part of the vibe to like three weeks later, 
being like hand wringing over a, a bad call or something that Ralph made. Like <laughs> it was so quick, the transition. And then like it was a year later, the Packers got into the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. And like that's a magic making moment. So it was pretty For sure. easy from that point forward. I mean, yeah, when you come into it and you're in that situation where you have a team that wins the Super Bowl like that, I mean, that's just that's just awesome, you know. Uh, me, on the other hand, I'm a Cowboys fan, so, you know, we were Super Bowl when I was a tiny child. So I was like yeah. you, you know, I don't I don't remember so, so much, but uh, the commercials were great. So right. <laughs> how did you find out about fantasy football then? Fantasy football was a weird deal. Like some of my friends up here that I made a little bit later after moving from Iowa to Wisconsin, I'd been here for a few years and like small group of friends had always talked about fantasy football. And, you know, you hate kind of being on the outside looking in for some of those conversations and you're just like waiting for them to stop talking about it so they can move on to a topic that you're interested right? in and know about. <laughs> And then, like, there's enough of those conversations where I was like, well, this sounds like fun. So I had to wait for an opportunity for an opening to arise in that home league that they were all in, which I'm still in to this day, there with my co-host of Drinking and Talking Fantasy, Dustin Lunt, actually, who's the one who got me into it. But I had to wait, like, three years after hearing about fantasy football before that opening arose. Yeah. And then I got slotted right in. Just got decimated my first year in the league. <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun ever since. And what kind of league is it? Like, what are the settings and how, How <sighs> you know? <laughs> brutal. It is okay. absolutely brutal. So I occasionally let glimpses of this out into Twitter. And every time I do, the reactions are just full on outrage. So yeah. this is a, it is a 12-team league. It's PPR. It's one quarterback, kicker and defense still in the mix. But this is a very special type of league because you are only allowed 10 waiver pickups throughout the season. You can only have one trade throughout the season. Um, quarterback scoring is bonkers. It is absolutely <laughs> nuts. Like sacks are like negative five. Every interception is like a million points coming off. It's truly, if this was not a home league, like that I cared about these people. I would have loved so long ago, <laughs> but it does make things interesting. Yes, it sure it sure does. And I'm in a league like that. And I think half the people that have been on the show are in a league like that. It's just, you know, it's where we started. So yeah, our hearts are, are with that league, even if it's not the ideal, you know, league. What is your ideal type of settings and rules for, for a league? Is there anything in particular that you like when you're in a league? You know, the thing that I have grown to like a lot is Superflex, just because it, it adds a little bit more strategy. I know some people think the opposite, um, but I like having, not having to, but having the option to start two quarterbacks every week. Of course, in a year like this, that can get really tricky really yep. fast because of all the injuries and, and whatnot. Uh, but I do like Superflex. That's my preferred. Uh, you know, honestly, though, even as much as I rag on the home league settings, I'm really not a stickler for any specific thing. If I had to be in a standard scoring league, I could probably even make that work. But that's probably the 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 worst situation for me is a standard scoring. Yeah, I, I get you on that. I think most of my leagues, if not all of them, have moved away from that. But totally, totally get what you mean. Um, so are you 
now that you've been in fantasy football for a while and and you found out about actually being a part of the community where you could put out content, how did you actually find out that, wow, I can actually put something out? I went to school for journalism. So I graduated from UW-Madison with a journalism degree, which of course is just super easy to find a use for in today's <laughs> world. Uh, and after failing to do so in any traditional way, I bounced around from other real, real applicable jobs, you know, real societal functioning jobs. Uh, and then uh, I was writing for any place that would have me, like any entertainment website. I wrote for some terrible, terrible clickbait <laughs> websites, like anything where I could get published. And then I found uh, a couple of kind of clickbaity sports websites that overlapped with my newfound love of, of football and fantasy football. And I was reading a lot of, um, you know, very dry articles, very useful, very informative articles, but not like articles that had a lot of personality or a lot of vibrance to them. I was like, ooh, maybe I can do that. Because I had written for a couple of humor websites like cracked.com mm -hmm. uh, and these various websites. So I was like, ooh, maybe I can do that. So I did a couple of those websites and started getting published and, uh, you know, not paid, but the exposure uh, got me out there. And then I quickly, quickly moved away from writing into like more video stuff. That's more for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, the publishing side was what came first. Well, that's cool. It's cool to hear that you were a journalism major. I've had a couple of people on that have talked about their college experience and everything. Is there something that you've taken with you from your college experience into what you're doing now with your social media, with the, the videos, the podcast and everything else? Is there something that like really has helped you? The one thing that I took away from all of my journalism classes, and I try to use it as much as possible, it doesn't always stick. But it's you have to be uh, uh, attention grabbing out of the gate. So like you have to be able to write a really strong lead or, you know, have a great headline. It doesn't have to be clickbait, but it has to be, you know, interesting. And so when I'm doing like these videos, it's and I, it's I certainly don't accomplish this every time, but it's like try and be eye catching out of the gate. And uh, of course, you have to provide good content after that, too. But like I did realize how important that is. And that's awesome because there's a lot of people listening right now that are probably just starting out in the fantasy football community with writing or putting out podcasts or, you know, even the video stuff. And it's really cool to, to hear that from you. Is there any piece of advice also going into it that you wish somebody would have told you, you know, when you first started out? I wish somebody had told me, like, don't post everything that you make. <laughs> um, like some of it, it's it's good for learning and like repetition is so huge. Like you have to get reps at anything in life. And uh, I there's some very famous book and I should know the author. I don't, but it's something like 10,000 hours it takes you to become, you know, a master of something. And uh, that's, that's good and that's necessary. But also I think the initial thought is like, I made this piece of content. Everybody has to see it right now. <laughs> and I definitely did that. And there was some stuff that I published early or videos I made earlier where it's like, probably didn't have to put that one out there. Not that like I'm ashamed or embarrassed of it, but it's like, oh boy, maybe some practice reps, you know, off of camera or off of social media is sometimes very helpful. 
Yeah, that is good good advice. And I was also wondering, do you remember the first piece of content you put out for fantasy football purposes? Oh boy, it was <laughs> uh, a terrible waiver article, I'm sure. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I know I, I latched on like right when the season started for my mm -hmm. first written piece. So I'm I'm guaranteeing it was a waiver article that was probably a complete failure in retrospect. Well, I'm pretty sure that most of our first articles are like that too. We're just trying to test the waters <laughs> and figure it out, right? For sure. Um, so when you found out that, yeah, I can write about fantasy football and you actually dove into that, how did you find these places to write oh it was a quick google search of just like I, i'm sure the keywords were something to the effect of like writers welcome or writers wanted and then plus sports plus fantasy football <laughs> and just kind of comb through the list and clicking into websites and then scrolling to the bottom to make sure they had a contact us button or a submissions uh button there and if they had it i was firing off you know, submission ideas, or if they did require it, you know, an actual CV resume, uh, which a lot of those did not, which is, is great because that's the bane of my existence is, right. is drafting up cover letters and resumes and all that. It's like, why don't I just give you this thing and you tell me if it's good or not. And then if it is, we can do this. And if it's not, I'll move on. Um, but yeah, that was definitely what I, it was just full, full into the Google search for sure. Well, that's awesome. That's a, I mean, everybody's origin story seems to to change. Everybody's different about how they came. <laughs> Googling it was a new one, but I like that <laughs> as well. I like that. So what are you doing now when it comes to the writing aspect? I'm doing nothing with writing. And it honestly is, it's a bummer because I used to love writing so much, but I'll cop to the fact, like I got burned out mm -hmm. doing, and it definitely did come from writing fantasy football articles because you know, we're all to a certain extent saying the same stuff. Yeah. You, you might have certain advice that's very particular to you and you might have turned over a new leaf that nobody else has thought to. And that definitely happens. But in the grand scheme of things, we're all, you know, we're talking about the same players and those waiver type of articles, for example, that you have to churn out week after week. It's like, man, it, it does get to be kind of a slog. And uh, so that's why I, I kind of backed away from that. But I've seen so much really clever writing pop up around mm -hmm. Twitter related to fantasy football lately that did give me the itch to kind of get back into it. So we'll see. That's cool. Well, I think that your jump into doing all this media stuff that you're doing, the the videos and and, you know, all the. We'll talk about the impressions in a little bit, but I mean, you've got a lot of content out there that's that's so entertaining. How important do you think it is to have an entertaining ele element to what you're putting out? I think it depends on what it is that you're trying to say. And if so, it comes back to that thing, like we're all talking about the same stuff. We're all getting into the same waters. If you're a guru, though, if your whole thing is you are just smarter than the average bear at fantasy football, great. People just want the information. If, if they want this to help them win their league, they probably don't care as much about the entertainment value. But me, I'm not a guru. I, I don't claim to be that much smarter than the general person about fantasy football. Uh, I think I have some good ideas now and again, but my whole deal is like I just... 
I want to cut through the arguing and yeah. some of the, uh, you know, the less savory aspects of Twitter and fantasy football and whatever. So it's very important to me to be entertaining. But I think for probably 80, 85 percent of us, mm -hmm. that is a big part of it because it's what's going to differentiate you from everybody else. Right. And, and I know there are people listening who are like, I'm more of that stats and that smart guy that knows, you know, all that stuff. And I don't want anybody to feel like that's not something that can be a part of this community because it is a big part of this community. Some people are, you know, great in front of the camera. Some people are great behind the keyboard. Some people, you know, so you just kind of have to find your, your thing. Is there anything that you've wanted to do that you haven't done because either you were worried you couldn't do it or just you haven't gotten around to putting that kind of content out yet? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a couple of ideas that I've come up with that uh, part of it's just me being lazy, but like, you know, there's, there are, think, I think there are new ways to present some of this information that I haven't done yet. Like a, uh, a, a short news style video thing, but that's cheeky and, and not real news, but fantasy football news. Where it's like, oh, I have a, a kind of a green screen. I could maybe do something like that. Uh, but I haven't done it yet because I'm lazy. Um, but eventually I might get around to that. Well, you talked earlier about burnout and that's a big thing. I know I just kind of found myself in that in that place where it was just like everything was just a lot. Uh, and I know that there are other people in the space right now going through the same thing and it's normal. Um, it, how do you kind of take a step back and, and refresh yourself so that you're back to, you know, at 100%? For me, it is Twitter breaks or Reddit breaks, whatever your platform of choice is. <laughs> Taking a break from social media, not saying you don't have to like announce, hey, I'm stepping away for a month or whatever. I mean, right. if you need to and you want to, of course, mm -hmm. but like just not tuning into Twitter every single day for me is really helpful and, and healthy because I, like anybody, can get you know caught up in in some of the negativity that comes out, or like some of the bickering, and you know that you're getting hit with opinions from thousands upon thousands of people. And I do not believe that's how we were meant to go through life. Like <laughs> that was never in the original plan, I don't think. So it can be really overwhelming, and it definitely does get that way for me sometimes. So like just taking a day off. Twitter and going back a little bit refreshed because um, the other tough part about that when you're so soaked in it all when you're so engaged all the time mm -hmm. it's like your brain's just getting pummeled it doesn't have time to formulate its own stuff because you're just constantly soaking everything else in for sure but you put out an awesome podcast and you were talking about it earlier with your co-host who got you started in the whole fantasy football realm um tell us a little bit about the podcast what's it all about and how did it come about so drinking and talking fantasy football the very sillily and plainly named <laughs> podcast i love it i uh, just wanted to get everything up front know exactly what you're walking into that came about because again yes dustin who got me into fantasy football initially uh we did the thing a lot of people do which is either he'd come over to my house watch football i'd go over his we go out to a bar whatever and we're just watching football and you're just commentating about football or you're ragging each other about your teams and fantasy or analyzing other you know happenings in your fantasy league or whatever and of course we all think to a certain extent 
I'm smart. People should hear this. And so <laughs> we we uh, we got a couple of of microphones. We just sat down one weekend and we're like, hey, let's do a test. Like we'll do it just for our league because I like uh, so many people, of course, listen to the fantasy footballers and appreciate their origin story very much, which was mm-hmm. they just did something for their league to to get started. Like, well, that'd be fun if nothing else. So let's do that. And we did that for a season uh, and we're pretty dedicated once a week. We barely missed. Uh, and that that went well. And that allowed us to cut our chops off of sort of away from everybody else. Like only our league mates listened and, and could rag on us if we were terrible, <laughs> which we were. Um, but then it just kind of blossomed from there. And then the next season, we're like, hey, let's actually do this. Like, let's let's really do it. So the one thing I didn't realize, I wish this goes back to your earlier question, like, What's something you wish somebody had told you? I wish somebody had told me that when you start a podcast, you're not just a podcaster. You have to be like an art designer and you have to be a musician and you have to be an editor and all of these other things. It's not just sticking a microphone in front of your face. So uh, that was a learning curve for sure. Oh, 100%. I, uh, that's the reason I never you know, wanted to do a podcast because I, I knew you had to do all that stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I can learn anything else. My brain can't handle it. But I mean, it's I put out what I can put out. OK, guys. But yeah, there's a whole lot of work. There are a lot of pieces to putting a podcast. You don't just record it and just put it out. you got to actually do all the, the behind the scenes stuff. So yeah, you're right. right. You're right on that. So when you first started podcasting, were you nervous or how, how did you feel going into it? This is going to sound so douchey, and I apologize ahead no. of time. I actually wasn't nervous, and I think the only reason for that, though, it wasn't because I was so confident in my abilities, but it was because we started kind of behind the curtain. We started with, you know, it's me and him and these other 10 people from our league that are going to hear it. That's a really soft launch. That's a really nice way to ease yourself into it. So... I think that had a lot to do with it. And then once we did come around to, you know, broadcasting it to the world uh, or the small section of the world that would listen and watch, it was it was easier. And we also didn't start doing live streams where people could see our faces until about six months further down the line. And so because that I don't know, I think that's the most pressure filled situation is like my dumb face is on here now and it's live and it's just a lot harder that way. Uh, so I think the baby steps approach is why that was the case for me. And did you guest on any podcast prior to doing your own or was that just like a brand new thing altogether? I didn't guest on one until we had started ours, um, but it wasn't very far into when we had started that I got onto a clock management podcast. Shout out to them because they gave me my first uh, attempt at going onto a podcast a couple years back as a guest. Uh, again, positive. It was terrible. I didn't have a working, uh, uh, camera like on my, (laughs) my laptop. So it wasn't (laughs) even my face and they live streamed. So it was just a black screen and my voice, Nice. (laughs) they put up a picture of me over top of it. Um, but yeah, that was, that was really nice. And those guys were awesome too, about just, uh, making me comfortable. And when you started podcasting, did you look at other shows and kind of go, I like what they're doing and kind of you know, figure out some ideas or was it all just like you're going into it and it's going to be what it's going to be? Or did, was it a mix of both? We had no idea what we were doing <laughs> we or, no idea. or formulating like a, a structure or a template. 
And, you know, the when somebody first mentioned the words show sheet, I think our heads exploded. <laughs> like you can have a pre-scripted document that like walks you through the steps of your podcast. And it was many episodes in before we we realized that was a possibility. So we really did just dive in head first kind of foolishly uh, without that. But it just gave us an opportunity to throw stuff against the wall, too, which I don't think was was terrible for us. And then we picked the things that we like, you know, and stuck with those or the things that people seem to respond to. And that's probably the way you should go about it. And, you know, at least for the most part. Um, yeah, it's a work in progress. It's always going to be a work in progress. So you kind of just figure out what works and what doesn't scrap the stuff that doesn't keep the stuff that does pretty pretty simple so it sounds but you know <laughs> you gotta figure it out <laughs> so you brought up show sheet which is funny because i know when i first guest starred on the open bar that was the first time i had ever done anything and they made the whole joke about or did you prepare the the show sheet i'm like what the hell right. is a so show sheet but you know that's just a running gag there but yeah in general like being prepared like that and i think that's why i kind of step away from the fantasy football podcasting because i did that for a minute but it didn't work out I'm one of those people that I don't want to have, you know, I don't want any kind of like organization. I just want to go into it and I hope, and that's why I think this is the best kind of podcast for me. So yeah, you kind of have to figure out what works for you. That's what I figured out works for me, talking to other people who know more about this stuff than I do. So, you know, being able to talk to Jake here, for instance, I mean, you know, it, it makes my job pretty easy that, you know, my podcast, I don't have to really do that much work. So, you know, find what you can do. <laughs> I need to, I need to switch entirely. You're right. This is a much better yeah. idea. So much easier because I can just get on and chat with you, you know, and it's like, you know, and only once in a while do I trip over my words, but you know, for the most part, I try. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So the podcasting thing, you podcast with the co-host um, and you guys are friends. And uh, so how do you think that that relationship is different than some other podcasts that have co-hosts where they've never even met in the same room? Oh, I think that that is the most interesting dynamic when you get to see those people who have, you know, maybe they've direct messaged each other before, but they actually haven't ever had a conversation like face to face or camera to camera or whatever. Um, and I actually have now gotten to be on both sides of that. So starting with Drinking, Talking Fancy, of course, with Dustin, known each other for a few years before we started doing it. So it really was just like having a conversation at a bar or whatever. And we we felt more comfortable like ragging on each other <laughs> or, or kind yeah. of like poking fun at each other, which I think is, again, another way that I loosen up. If somebody does that to me, like I just feel a lot more <laughs> comfortable right. for whatever reason. So I think that was really easy. But then flash forward to, uh, you know, I got to now become a co-host with Ball Blast and with the Majuks, and I had only had the experience on Twitter with them. You know, we had chatted on Twitter, but like, and I had had them guest on our podcast on Drinking and Talking once. So that part was nice, but like, I didn't know them as well as I knew Dustin. Mm -hmm. And so walking into that was definitely a little different. I was a little bit more like on my best behavior. Like, I'm going to try and be like extra <laughs> super professional uh, so I don't make a fool out of myself in front of them. Uh, granted, they were already like wildly popular at that time, which was another different layer to it. Maybe <laughs> that was part of it. But yeah, it's it's a lot easier, I think, with me and Dustin, uh, initially at least. Well, yeah, that's, that is super awesome because I was going to ask you about the whole ball blast gig because – that's really awesome. That's a that's a brand right there to be behind. That's, you know, a big brand. So, you know, how does it feel being a part of a brand like that and being part of a, a group like that? 
it's awesome. <laughs> like it really, <laughs> it's so much fun. Uh, and I, I can't say enough good things about Kate and Michelle. First of all, uh, they've always been extremely nice to me, no matter like what my friggin' follower count or whatever back in the day, you know, they've always been engaging and they always engage with people on Twitter. You know, some folks out there, they do that thing of like, I'm not going to talk to you until you are X on the radar. You know, you have to kind of be uh, high up enough before I'm going to deign <laughs> to respond to you. And that never felt like them to me. It certainly yeah. wasn't my uh, experience. And then right. getting to come on with them into an established brand, like you said, a really nice group. Um, they instantly welcomed me in and like made sure I knew, hey, this is also your podcast. Because like, I had that thing, like, I'm coming into an established thing. I'm just going to kind of not rock the boat. I'm just going to go with the flow, not uh, voice any suggestions unless they ask for them kind of thing. <laughs> and a couple weeks in, I think it was Kate was like, yeah, you haven't really said anything about that. You you should, because this is your podcast too. I was like, oh, cool, cool. Um, but no, that brand is is amazing. And they just keep adding amazing content into it. Mm -hmm. Like every day, it seems like, which is pretty neat just to kind of to watch that blossom. So it's been great. Yeah, I love watching it blossom. It's really cool being on the outside looking in because I can see, you know, how the brand has grown and how it just started out. You know, it was small. See, you guys, it was all it was small and it blew up. So, like, if you want to put a site out and do something like that, it, it can happen. And, you know, get good people on your side. Get somebody like Jake come on your side and, you know, help build the brand. I have a very important question for you, though, when it comes to the Ooh. podcast is how long did it take for you to actually be able to say their last name correctly? Or did you have to, like, practice a lot? Or was it? I, I, I feel like that's a, that's a thing that people get tripped up on. The Magziooks, the, yeah. the Magziooks. Uh, yeah, I, I am the one thing that I really prepare for with my other podcast with Drinking and Talking is yep. when people come on, I study them on other podcasts mm -hmm. probably more than is healthy because I want to make positive that I say their name right. And we had them on once onto our podcast and I was like, I've never heard it said aloud. I went and like listened to three different podcasts and made sure <laughs> that it was pronounced the same way every time. So I, I did the research. I felt comfortable. Uh, and I did spell it out phonetically for sure when they came on at first. Oh, I do that all the time. And it's like even the easiest names. I'll look at it and I'll be like, is this Trow? Trow Bridge, Tola Bridge, Trigy Bridge. I've heard every version. Yeah. Um, is it Johnson? Is it Jonesson? I better make sure. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm the exact same. I'm, the, I, I'm really, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then when I, because I record a separate intro for this podcast, so I don't really say the person's last name while I'm talking to them. <laughs> and so I have to go back and listen to the end sometimes and just make sure that I'm saying it like they say it. I don't want it to like... <laughs> Even if it's like just a little off, you know, so uh, yeah, a little, little behind the scenes look at how <laughs> how anal I am about people's names and getting them correctly. So um, good to know that that I'm not the only one. Who just You're said. in good company. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so how did you find out about fantasy Twitter and how like fantasy football is a, a thing in a community on social media platform like Twitter? I don't remember the exact moment that I kind of stepped into fantasy Twitter. What I remember was I had Twitter for a long time, like 2013 or something ridiculous. I started a Twitter account 
like didn't post, just followed other people, you know, like right. celebrities that I was interested in or whatever. <laughs> follow them and just kind of watch. I tweet like once every eight months about, you know, the Oscars or something. Yeah. Um, and then as I got onto a website with publishing articles, of course, they want you to promote the articles as much as you possibly can. My first stop in promoting articles was Reddit. I quickly abandoned ship on Reddit because, oh boy, if you've not had the lovely experience nope. of being an original poster on Reddit, the decimation that comes immediately after. Like, <laughs> I can only imagine. It's so harsh. Uh, and I'm too thin-skinned for it. So I would stop yeah. doing Reddit, but then I would start promoting my articles on Twitter. And then like I'd start seeing how other people promoted their articles. And then I just eventually naturally started following people from that. Because then I'd be like, oh, and this article is also really good. I should follow this person to make sure I can get their new articles. And then it just kind of, you know, you see what other people are following. You're like, well, I want more exposure. So I'm going to follow all the people that they're following and I can get more, you know, content that way coming at my eyeballs. And then uh, I don't know when I realized it was a community, though. You know, it just yeah. felt like a lot of people and somehow, that. some way, maybe the pandemic. It might have been the start it of the pandemic where I was like, this really is a community. Yeah, I like I feel like there's waves where I go through because I feel like there's like a new batch that comes in every now and then and there's like a new wave. So I'm like, oh, OK. So, yeah, the pandemic, I think a lot of people decided that podcasting would be a thing that they wanted to get into and and all this stuff. I mean, I did. So, like, you know, sure. so, yeah, I mean, you got nothing else to do. Right. So you might as well find something to do. Uh, My house is boring. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. If I'm if I'm not talking to you guys, then I'm, I'm, what am I doing? Right. So, <laughs> so you're doing all kinds of stuff out there, but you also you guest host or you guest on um, not guest host, but well, I don't know what you do exactly because I haven't caught you on it yet. But with the Harris Football Podcast, you're a part of that on certain days and blah blah blah. I don't really know. That's why I'm asking you. This is your. Uh, that was a question, so go ahead and give me an answer. I'll be honest, I don't know what I okay. do on the Harris podcast. Like, he he was so kind. Chris was so kind to invite mm -hmm. me um, to do this thing. And the actual formal answer is every Thursday, he has an episode that has a DFS segment on it. It's like 20 to 30 minutes long. I am the recurring guest for that segment. We oh. set lineups using DraftKings and then see how we fare and then discuss it the next week spoiler my lineups are always bad but um we <laughs> do <okay>. just <laughs> we really do just kind of go back and forth and have fun and, and chat more than anything um but yeah it's been amazing like i got a, a message from him it's like hey you want to do this it'd be a once a week thing i was like do you do you have me confused with somebody else? <laughs> did you want me to forward this message to somebody more important to come on your show um, but it's been, uh, yeah, eight weeks, I guess now. And it's been pretty cool. And he's like a super awesome person to look at for inspiration and for advice and things of that nature. Are you able to talk with him and kind of get, pick his brain on things too? Yeah. I, I try not to you know, <laughs> fanboy too much, you know, before we actually start recording, right. You chat quite a bit more, yeah. more about life, um, than, you know, business or anything like that. But he really is pretty inspirational when you think of how he built that podcast really out of the ground. I mean, yeah, he had some affiliations before that, but like 
it's been so impressive. Like, I also didn't realize how impressive it was until I got on there. Like, I knew it was, of course, top of the line. But yeah. then there's like all these listeners that submit songs about us. Yeah. Like his fan base is incredible. Uh, yeah, that it blows me away. I, 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 yeah. See, I'm, I'm speechless almost because it is. <laughs> it's cool to see that fan base, and and it's cool to see. Speaking of fan bases, you do a lot of stuff. You put out a lot of video content that people just kind of gravitate towards, and and lots of different like comedy. You know, com I can't even say comedic. You got me. You got me tongue tied over here about how comedic you are. But you put out all kinds of like really awesome content, really dope content like that. And what was the reasoning for putting out content that way? That was straight up boredom. That's all it was. It was straight. And I'm I'm positive it happened right around the time of the pandemic for that part of it, like where I was doing that. Um, I would make occasional video promos for the podcast, like as a way to try and get subscribers and like promote our content. But, you know, it wasn't anything like this. I just remember um, watching Twitter implode on itself and going, <laughs> I'm going to put out something funny and see if I yeah. can distract everybody. Uh, and I put out some impression loosely tied to fantasy football. It's like Morgan Freeman or something. And like it, it worked. It was a nice distraction, it seemed, for people. It was a great distraction for me. Um, and then it just kind of picked up steam from there. Definitely the impressions thing was like, oh, I'm going to do one every couple of days. I'll see if I can do a different person, a different celebrity. And then that grew into like, oh, I'll see if people want to request celebrities to like review their fantasy teams or something. And then I'd post that on Twitter and people would, you know, have suggestions. And then I'd find out how terrible I am at certain impressions, <laughs> uh, but I'd still post them. Do um, it. <laughs> I told I always had a precursor for those. I was like, if you submit somebody, just know there's a very good chance it's going to be terrible, but I will try my best to get one out for you. Um, but then like the music videos and stuff was just again, the boredom got worse. And I was like, I need something that's even more time consuming, apparently, to distract myself. Uh, you know, requires a lot more editing and whatnot. And and it is really, it's just fun. And it's fun to make other people uh, laugh or like the comments I get from people were like, oh, that was funny. That like made my day or, you know, I was a little bummed before and like this helped a smidge. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's great. And then like if we're watching them at work or listening to it at work and then we bust out laughing and people are wondering <laughs> what we're doing because we're crazy people over in the corner, you know, we can just blame you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'll take them over that way. But, that's right. you know, you put out this content, you put out that you you brought up the um, the impressions that you do. Has there been an impression that surprised you that you could actually do that you didn't think like when somebody asked you to do it, you could actually do it? Um. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not good sometimes at recreating them. Like, yeah, sometimes I'll have to watch videos of the person that I'm doing it for like a couple of minutes before I like, I'll even try it. But there's a guy, it's an, an actor named Patrick Warburton. I don't know if you're oh, familiar yeah, I with him. But him. He, so he voices Joe from Family Guy. Yep. And um, of course he's been in a male, he was in Seinfeld. Um, but somebody had just thrown it out there. To, first of all, the name didn't register for me for right away. So I felt like an idiot. So I had to go Google. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, <laughs> wow, it's like everybody knows like Putty from Seinfeld or whatever his name was. I think it's Putty. Um, but I tried it and no BS. Like a lot of these I have to try like 
dozens of times before I'll even put it on Twitter. That was like a, a two or three, maybe. I was like, that actually sounds kind of like him. And then I quickly posted it. Well, yeah, you want to get it out there. <laughs> don't want to have to overthink it and just get it out there. You know, you don't want to actually, you know, delete it and then be like, oh, goodness gracious. Because Yeah, I'll never be able to do it again. So <laughs> that's never. gone forever. Got to do it now. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny you bring him up. My friend is like, that's my husband. That's my celebrity crush. And not, you never hear that that dude is somebody's celebrity crush. So that's pretty dope. I'm like, okay, you brought up a name. I know. <laughs> is there a, who's your favorite uh, impression to do? I think my favorite one to do, uh, and it's just because I'd never heard anybody try him before, is Bill Burr. He's a comedian, and he's just very specific. Like, his his accent, like yeah. he's from Boston, so, but it's not like, you know, uh, Goodwill Hunting Boston accent. It's like very weird and specific, and I already have kind of a high, weird voice, so it's really easy <laughs> to do, which <laughs> is nice. Yeah, and it's like, you know, when you do a voice like that, like somebody who's very brash and like their whole personality is very outsized, like you actually can be a little looser than you might normally be even. Cause you're like, Oh, like it's not me saying it's, it's bill. So I can hide behind <laughs> bill. bill a little bit. His voice also, I mean, okay. I love the heat. Cause my wife is like obsessed with that movie. The one with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy and he's in it. Sure. And they do that whole, you know, are you a knock? Are you a knock? I can't even do it. But like, I love that scene. So for you to say that's your favorite, like, person to do an impression of. That's you got a knock. Ah, <laughs> knock. Got a knock. <laughs> exactly. Wow that that is great. I I will play that for my wife. She'll be like, Wow, you interviewed him for your podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, definitely. So, <laughs> and I wanted to bring up because before you came on, I stalked your Twitter profile just for a little bit. I've I've sure. seen it, but I haven't. You know, I don't stalk people that often. I'm not that type of person, but you're going to be on the show. So, you know, you got to do your research. And I love the pinned tweet that you had. And for some reason that never, that didn't come across my Twitter feed because Twitter hates me and doesn't put fun stuff up front for me. But I saw it pinned that trade, the trade video that you have right now going on. Tell people how you came up with that idea and what it's all about. Cause yeah, I love that. Is, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Cause it's definitely one of my weirder videos and I didn't know if anybody would actually like it, but again, boredom compounded results in weirder and weirder videos. So this is one where like, if you were a fan of, you know, video games in the nineties, and especially if you played fighting games like street fighter or mortal Kombat or whatever, they always had this screen where you'd select, you know, choose your fighter and the, the the obnoxious music playing in the background, and then you'd cycle between the characters, and they all had their own weird pose and fighting stance and whatever. Um, but I have long held this belief in fantasy football, there are archetypes everywhere, and especially when it comes to trading. Like, if you've been in multiple leagues, or probably even one league, like, you know the types of traders that are out there. <laughs> You know, there's the over-aggressive car salesman type of trader. There's the once-in-a-blue-moon trader who never checks, you know, their their lineups like more than once a year. <laughs> uh, so you really have to be yeah. on the right day to get them to respond. You know, there's all these different types of people. And so I had learned how to use the green screen function in iMovie. And I was like, well, let's put that to use. <laughs> so I designed like these backgrounds for like the fighting game. Um, I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to hunker up for like a day and just try and make this video. 
Oh man, it's super awesome. If you guys haven't seen it, you need to go check it out. But like, I could even pick out, you know, I was like, that's me. Wait, wait, wait. No, that's me. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, that's me. Okay. Okay. So it's really funny. And then I know, I know those guys and those gals, like, you know who those are. I'm like, oh my God, that's so-and-so. <laughs> Let's not call anybody out. That's Dynasty Outhouse over here. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Right? <laughs> I think Russ is a combination of all of them. I'm just going to say. Yeah. Russ is his own, his own special uh, uh, trade guy. Um, so okay, you brought up DFS. I want to go back to that real quick because you did bring that up earlier about how you, you're on there Thursday with uh, the Harris Football Podcast to talk about DFS, how did you come into knowing about DFS and, and being a part of that? DFS was um, one of those things before I had too many fantasy leagues, season-long fantasy leagues. Mm-hmm. Like I had one, maybe two, <laughs> and I was getting the itch for more. And I didn't know anything about best ball, and I, I didn't know anything uh, you know, about that other side. But I had seen the commercials for like FanDuel and DraftKings. And I was like, well, there's a promo code. I'll deposit $10 and get a free $10. <laughs> there you and go. And <laughs> just see what's what. Uh, and would do like the quarter bets every time. Because like I'm also so stingy that I, I don't know how people do like the big time. Oh, gambling. me either. I, I can't. Even if handle. I could do it, even if I had the the money to do it, I no. Can't. It's stressful. <laughs> it is. Yeah, stressful. I don't know what my dollar limit would have to be. Like, how rich would I have to be to actually want to get into that? I don't know that I can come up with a number because <laughs> I am so stingy by nature. But like, I would do these really low bets uh, and just as something extra to track on game day. Like, probably because I was getting blown out in my fantasy leagues. Like for season long, I was tired of looking at those scores because they just made me bummed out. So then I would do the DFS ones and. Uh, really just dabbled really low grade for a really long time. Didn't start getting into it really until last year. Again, into it as much as I and my wallet will allow me to. Yeah. But wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. And he, the thing about Chris Harris, bless his heart, because he let me know out of the gate, you do not have to be a DFS expert. <laughs> I just want you to come on and be a little bit entertaining. So I always have to give that caveat. Like I'm just on that segment. I am not an expert. Well, I, I DFS is something that like, I, like you said, like I, I am stingy with my money, but it's cool to go in there and do the 25 cent game. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. You know, um, is there anything else, uh, any other types of like fantasy sports that you play besides fantasy football or is fantasy football, the only fantasy sport that you play? I am I am uh, strict. I'm loyal to fantasy football and fantasy football only. I don't have any mistresses <laughs> out there in fantasy sports. I don't follow enough yeah. other sports like to know what I'd be doing. Um, yeah. Basketball seems like maybe the one I could try to get into, but I just you know I'm already so logged down <laughs> by too many leagues <laughs> for football. The idea of branching out is scary to me. And I'm going to jump around again because another thing that's popped in my head that I wanted to know about is you were talking about music videos that you put out as well. Um, Did you have any sort of like music background prior to doing that? The only background I have is like when I was in high school, uh, I learned how to play guitar because my dad played guitar. He was in a band uh, back in the day when he was uh, a younger fella and he would always tinker around with the guitar. There was always one in the house. And then my older brother started learning a little bit and I did everything that my older brother did. So of course, then I had to learn how to play guitar. 
uh, and that that was it. Aside from like karaoke, which I love, I'm obsessed with karaoke. There is a great bar in downtown Madison called Karaoke Kid. We would go to way too much. Uh, that unfortunately closed down. Sadly, poor one out for for that establishment. Um, but no, I like I have no formal background, which I'm sure you can hear 100%. <laughs> but you're so brilliant at it. And were, but were you that guy that was at the party with the guitar playing Wonderwall in the corner or <laughs> just, just checking? I, I fancy myself to be a fairly confident person. Like in some situations, I'm not confident enough not to that be guy. that guy, to be the Wonderwall guy, which I think is good. I think that's good for me. That's all right. Somebody else can have that job and you can just kind of relax and, and take it all in. So that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, so do you do karaoke? Are you like that kind of guy when it comes to music? I love it. I love karaoke Oh, do you? Okay, so me much. too. So, all right. Uh, and, and like, I used to be the ironic karaoke guy. You know, like in college, we'd go out to that karaoke bar and like, you'd have some drinks. Uh, typically a lot of drinks in order to get up on the stage. Yep. <laughs> and then, you know, it would always be like a kind of funny song that you do. So that way people couldn't judge you harshly, right? Like if I sing the Proclaimers, I'm going to be 500 miles. Like nobody expects that to be good. They just expect it to be loud and entertaining. Uh, and then I got to try my Scottish accent, which you know, <laughs> overlaps uh, some sensibilities there. But then like the more you do it, I don't know if it's the same case for you, like, the more I did it, the more I'd start doing like real songs. Yes. Like that downers necessarily. <laughs> yeah. But like real kind of songs. And like, uh, and then eventually it's like, F it. I'm going to sing Maroon 5 and you're all going to have to like it now. So, you know what? That I think that is the natural progression when it comes to karaoke, because I think I'm the same way. And I used to go up and just like freestyle rap because like, you don't have to know the words. Ooh, right. Yes. I would do that. Amazing. Right. And people yeah. were like, yeah. So then you can mix in like a regular song every now and then. And they kind of scratch their heads. Like, what are you doing? Do the weird <laughs> stuff again. But you know, <laughs> karaoke is the best. Do <laughs> your version of Freebird. Yeah. Freestyle. Freebird. Freestyle. Let's yes. That would be uh yeah. I'd just probably be rapping about birds the whole time. So, you know, <laughs> doves. Loves. I'd like to hear that actually. That sounds kind of incredible <laughs> um how, how do you come up with like your ideas for the videos that you put out like the, the music video type stuff normally it's the video that comes first like the video idea comes first um if i don't know i'll watch youtube and stuff and sometimes i just put music on in the background when i'm doing my day job and i'll have youtube up and then the videos will play and there'll be like an eye-catching video from like it's either really, really weird, and I want to do it exactly <laughs> like that because it's so amazing, or it's really, really stupid, and I want to make fun of it now uh, <laughs> yeah. with the video. And then I work backwards, like, okay, can I actually reasonably do the song? Like, can I even try that? Like, a good example is I did a, Be a Beastie Boys song called Shake Your Rump, but I did it for, like, about mock drafts. Um, and, and I was like, the video is so fun and like lo-fi 90s. I was like, I totally want to do that. And I love the Beastie Boys. But can I actually do this? And it was one of those confidence building moments where I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna have to put this one out there just with blind faith and hope that I don't get mocked too mercilessly <laughs> for this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's working backwards from the video. Oh, that's really cool. I, I like that thought process. I didn't know. So it's pretty cool to see. Um, did you... 
you brought up BC Boys, so I want to kind of tie that into like the Scott Fishbowl because I know you're a part of that as well, and that's a music theme, whole like music theme. Thank goodness, that's awesome. Um, so where did you end up? What was the band slash artist that you are in? I went with my man Dave Grohl in the okay. Foo Fighters division. So I am I'm representing the bottom end of the Foo Fighters division <laughs> with that abysmal record. I don't feel like I'm doing Dave proud with my record, but it's it's been a lot of fun uh, to be in that group. And you know, it's a it's a thing. Every year is different. Have, is this your first year, second year? How many years have you been in the Scott Fish Bowl? Second year for, for Scott Fish. I, I was definitely like the, I got lucky my first year last year. And now I'm, <laughs> then I'm we reaping the other it. side. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's super awesome. And, and I, you know, the, the, the big like craziness over Scott Fishbowl kind of dies out as the season goes, which, you know, come on people. And then once we start getting closer to, to the playoffs and everything, it, it amps back up. But um, how awesome is that beginning time that, you know, pre-draft, you know, we've got all that, you know, hype, the shirts, everything. Like, how is that for you? It's so much fun. Like, it's so fun to have something that unifying. We're like, it's very, very hard to have a criticism towards this thing. Some people try and we'll just yeah. forget those people. We'll ignore yeah. those people. But like, to have something so unifying where everybody's coming together, just very hopeful and excited. And like, it's for a good cause, a great cause. It's rare. And I think that kind of, maybe that went in line actually of when I started believing like this is a community. Yeah. Like two years ago. So before I was in Scott Fishbowl, but like knew of it a couple of years back, like how amazing. And they have the, the pot-a-thon, of course, which yep. grows every year and is so much fun to listen to, especially the late night shows. Those <laughs> are always my favorite. Um, like that's so much fun to see everybody get really amped up over the same thing. For sure. I mean, I, I enjoy that as well. It's it's really awesome. And it was really awesome that I had the next day off. So like you said, you can listen to the, the late night stuff and, and just, you know, and the community, like you were saying as well, I feel like that is a big part of how the community has come together like that. Just like having an event like this where we can all get in chats together and talk and, you know, and the people who are a part of Scott Fishbowl, but want to be like, there are so many ways to still be a part of Scott Fishbowl and not actually play in the actual event. And, you know, I got lucky, like you said, I, I won a contest being a fan. So like, that's what happens. And then here we are now, you know, so yeah, it's really awesome to see is, um, Who's disappointed you the most on your roster this year? Can you think of a player in particular? It's, it's probably too many to, <laughs> to name without going over time. I think that I would spend another hour talking about Scott Fishbowl and my disappointment of a team. Uh, I love the Scott Fishbowl, but God, I hate gosh, this team. team. I yeah. think Robbie oh, yeah. Anderson. I'll go with Robbie oh Anderson. Like, I had high hopes for this Me dude. Me too. Wah, Just wah. stinker after stinker. <laughs> and it sucks, you know. I, I really hate that. God, my emotions come into play where I'm like, these players that I love, I want them to do well, and I, and I get stuck on them every year. And I tell people, this is the yeah. year. It's yeah, not. Yeah, you get attached <laughs> over and over again. Uh, and I've been break your heart me every time. and Robbie's relationship has been real up and down. It's been a, uh, <sighs> a will they won't they over the years. But then I was I was back on him this year. Yeah, I was off last year, and I was like, I'm not going to make that mistake again. I got back on him this year. Uh, just fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on me again. Fool me a third time, it's Robbie Anderson. 
I think that's, that's <laughs> I love that. That's a great, I mean, if I titled the shows, that could probably be <laughs> the title of this podcast. I'm just saying, but I feel you on Robbie Anderson. I really do. I was like, oh yeah, he'll have, you know, he's, you know, with Sam Darnold there and well, Sam, calm down. Yeah. Like I was on Sam. I got it. I got to reevaluate. This is why I do an interview podcast with people in the fantasy football space and start giving out <laughs> advice because as you see, <laughs> uh, Okay. It's all luck. Sorry, this is us like <laughs> this is us like, you know, getting our okay. <laughs> Robbie our Anderson, our, our Robbie Anderson, yeah, vent session going on over here. But now <laughs> so <laughs> all right. So I want to know you were talking a lot about music. You said you like the PC boys. Um and, and we're talking, you know, you're with the Dave Grohl division. And what are some of your favorite musicians to listen to? I am tragically trapped in a time period of music that I can't seem to escape. And it starts circa like 1996 and it goes through like 2006. And there's this big blind spot that I have. Like I, I know a lot of the music from the before times, <laughs> from the before <laughs> 1996, but I have a pretty severe blind spot when it comes to newer music. And I think that's just a function of like, I'm getting old. Uh Oh, this is how I probably know. And now I learn like about new artists on TikTok. It's like, I really became that guy. Uh, it's brutal. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like 96 to 2006, like a weird soft spot for 90s pop rock. Like I'm talking okay, like yeah. Gin Blossoms, Tonic, uh, Everclear, like oh, yeah. venturing that's into a... some of the alternative music. Like that. that's for sure it. And then there's a few artists that I just kind of glom onto. Uh, Foo Fighters has been like one of my favorites forever. Definitely the one I've seen in concert the most because they're just they're so good. And he's such a swell guy. Yeah, it's, I, he seems like it, you know, from everything that I've seen. So, you know, that's super awesome. I Foo Fighters is probably a band that I don't listen to enough. I don't know. I've had this like chip on my shoulder where like I'm like, I don't want to listen to these bands that are so popular. <laughs> right. For a minute. Like I'm that sure. that douchebag. And then, like, <laughs> if we're going to talk about being a douchebag, I'm just saying like being an, a music elitist like me um, over here listening to, you know, whatever. But now I'm listening to like Dua Lipa and shit. So call me, you know, call, pot calling the kettle black but i'm just saying you know there's all this stuff so anyway um but yeah i get i get what you're saying that special time period that like and i'm sure there's a certain song or something that brings you back to a certain period oh yeah oh man I, and this is when i know I, I have become snobbier i know that i become snobbier about music and that's why i think that that era is most important to me is because when i was at my least snobby probably yeah. and like i still actually cared and appreciated music um but like that i can listen to eve six or something and like there's an entire album where i'm like i drove to and from high school every day for a year listening to Eve Six. So like <laughs> it just puts me right back in that car. That's awesome. Is there any other like um I don't know hobbies and stuff that you like to do outside of the fantasy football space? I am a uh adventurer of of beverages, let's okay. say I, I like uh to drink scotch like my man Aaron Rodgers. Uh, hey. I think he stole that from me, not vice versa. <laughs> I can't. I can't be probably. It, totally, he was definitely. Watching I hear he's feet. that type of guy. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, I don't. I really am kind of lame because I don't have a lot of hobbies outside of this. But I do try to bring my outside hobbies into this. I think, and that's 
that's kind of why it's like I'd be doing this stuff anyways. I'd be mm -hmm. playing around with music anyways, you know, playing guitar. I'd be trying to make myself laugh or God forbid, try and get my wife to laugh at these impressions, You're which right. is almost impossible. I get you on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can feel my pain on that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's why I do try and incorporate that stuff. Um, but no, I like, I'm not a woodworker or anything, you know, I don't have like a really practical hobby much as I wish I did. What does your wife think about your like secret Twitter life or whatever? It's not secret anymore. It's out there for the world to see, but how, what does it she think about is. the, the stuff that you're putting out? She, uh, she gets, I'm going to be an old person. I'm going to say she gets tickled by it. Like phrase <laughs> my grandma used to use all the time. Hey. She gets really tickled by it. Like not, not what I do. She does I don't see like she'll sometimes be like, oh, that was funny. Like, what a funny video. But she <laughs> likes watching other people's responses to it. Yeah. She thinks that's the funniest yeah. thing is like people actually care about yeah. that and like enjoy it. But she does constantly talk about my Twitter friends yeah. uh, within the fantasy football community. Like I definitely got a lot of like, you're going to go see your Twitter friends, friends when we did the uh, expo which the, I, I love that fantasy football expo and getting to actually like do that was so weird and really yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, but like going there the entire time, she's like, you're going to see your Twitter friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I so. am. So <laughs> and what? <laughs> no, yeah. it was so like, cool. like I can't wait for next year because like, well, I went into it with like a, my mindset was just all whack on that weekend. Like there was just, I don't know. My brain could not. Sure. So I'm like, so I'm already looking forward to the next one because I'm like, I know how I'm doing it this time, you know? So yeah, for sure. Oh, there's so uh, many things I would do differently yeah, about I'm, like going to that expo. Like I will say I try to put on like some level of confidence, but like meeting people for the first time is always a really like anxiety filled moment. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very excited about it, but I'm also like, Oh no, what if I disappoint them in person? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's that very real paranoia. Well, you don't disappoint them online, which is awesome. It is cool to see that you have this like fan base that like is actively wanting you to put out content like that. So why do you think people gravitate towards that? And how does it make you feel that people actually are watching and paying attention to what you're putting out? I honestly don't know why people gravitate to it. I don't <laughs> know. I mean, I, I certainly try to bring a different sensibility mm -hmm. um, because I, I part of it just feeds back in the whole burnout thing. Like it's really easy to get burned out when you're seeing the same, 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 same thing every day. And if I'm producing the same, 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 same thing every day, then I'm going to get burned out. You're going to burn out. We're all going to get burned out. So I try and come at it from a different angle. I think maybe that's what people appreciate is just somebody who's not going to take themselves too seriously. Uh, I'll make fun of myself quite often and maybe that's it. But I, I like that people like me being stupid. If that makes any sense, like I, <laughs> because sense. that means hopefully those other people are also maybe thinking like, am I taking myself too seriously? I should maybe not take myself too seriously. Um, cause spoiler, every time I come out with a new video now, it's pretty much because I've been taking myself too seriously on fantasy Twitter. And I'm like, I got to break this up. Let me come out with a new dumb video here to kind of break the cycle. Well, I like that. I like the, the whole breaking it up. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta put out, you know, what makes you happy. And, and I really enjoy seeing that cause too many people get caught 
trying to do the same, like we were talking about earlier, doing the same stuff over and over and everybody's doing the same stuff. So it is great to see you be able to take the things that you enjoy doing and put them in your work. So you can actually see that, which is super dope. That's another reason I asked you to come on because like, honestly, if, when I see that kind of stuff come across my Twitter feed, I immediately want to jump in somebody's DMs and be like, please come talk to me. I really want to hear what you have to say. And I know some people listen to this show and think all I do is give people compliments. That's not it. I pick the people I wanted to come on my show because I want to know more about them. And then it just turns out that they're cool individuals. So thank I you. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. It, it's so cool. And um, I, I'm floored that you reached out to me at all. And it's, it's that thing of like, I don't know. I just keep, I have blinders on to a certain extent. It's like, I'm just going to, put stuff out that mm -hmm. I really like and I hope that other people like. And of course the positive responses are great, but I do kind of go blinders a little bit. Like I don't want to feed into that, like, and think that I'm doing something too special here. Like I, I just want to avoid any yeah, of that right. as much as possible. Well, it's a breath of fresh air. So at least, you know, you can, you can look at it that way. Like people are seeing it and, and really taking to it, which is awesome. You're known as the impression guy now, like people are going to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just, that's just how it is. It's, I want to, since we're talking about impressions again, here we go. I, I, I have another impression question for you. Is there an impression that somebody asked you to do? You were like, seriously, but you still did it, but you were like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there sure has like, been. How am I going to do this one? <laughs> um, there's there's been successes that way and there's been massive failures that way. Yeah. Start with the failure. There was somebody who asked me to do Britney Spears. And I was oh. like, I, I have no earthly idea how <laughs> to do a Britney Spears impression. And it was one of the worst things. Again, I did it. I tried my best. I put it out there. Um, I don't recall who, who made the suggestion. Otherwise I would totally call them out right now. Um, but no, it was, it was awful. But then somebody asked me to do like Gilbert Gottfried and oh, he's that really high yeah, whiny that... pitch guy from like the problem child movie. Oh yeah. And, and he like... did like Iago's voice in Aladdin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's the freaking <laughs> bird from, <laughs> from Aladdin. <laughs> and I was like, really? Yeah. He's like, got a, a voice I, on I, him. I tried. It was okay. So it was okay. Uh, yeah, it worked out. I think that's recovering. <laughs> <laughs> I can sure, only do like sure. four words though. It's like the most strenuous impression I've ever done in my life because it's just all shrieks. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone ever told you that like you sound like somebody? You should do an impression of this person because you sound like them, or do you think you sound like anybody? Ooh. I haven't gotten that one okay. or I don't recall that anybody said that. So if somebody does okay. think I sound like somebody that I'd be very interested to, to hear who that is. Cause to me, you do sound like somebody, but I, there's no way I'm going to be able to put my finger on it, but I don't know. Maybe it's just there, you know, but I got I, that I, voice. Some yeah, people got that face. Voice. You know, <laughs> you got that voice, you know, no, but I, but I, but it's awesome. So if anybody out there does, know who jake sounds like if you think he sounds like somebody go ahead and let us know because honestly really first and foremost that'll let me know that you listen to this podcast but also <laughs> we'll find out some very important information so that you know jake might have another impression on his hands and he didn't even know about it so that's exactly that's awesome. right that's awesome. <laughs> so what like because it's getting kind of later what do you do at night to wind down and kind of like chill at the end of the day I wish I could be like, oh, I read <laughs> many of my books that I have from very uh, high-profiled authors, but I'm not a reader. 
I am a garbage TV viewer. Okay. And I will watch the same shows ad nauseum uh, to the point where I'm that annoying guy where internally I'm like going through the lines in my head, like knowing that they're coming up. <laughs> I'm not the person who says them out loud. That is my wife, though. My wife is the one who says them right before they happen or right after <laughs> they happen. Um, God love her. Uh, but I, the only other thing I get really into is like music documentaries. Like I'm obsessed oh. with any, it doesn't matter the style. It doesn't matter if I really know the person that well. Like there's a great new one on Netflix. That's just about drummers. And like, okay. I only know like half the people in it, but it's always fascinating. I saw that and I was like, Hmm, I'm, I might need to check that out. So that might be something I, I got a list going of things and the list just started right now because i don't really have nice. going. So, <laughs> it's a good that one one's up, you know i'm sure i'll know a couple of the guys on there but you know <laughs> yeah um, so what kind of like tv do you watch that would be like maybe a guilty pleasure type of tv show that you watch i will say i don't have a lot of guilt in my life about the, uh, <laughs> the things i'm obsessed with it's so just what do like, you watch look, that maybe other people would say yeah, look man i watch this and you have to deal with it i think uh you know the cooking shows i get really mm -hmm. into the cooking or like great british bake-off like that show is so if you've never seen it it's just it's british people just being nice to each other for an hour while they're trying to bake all these things. <laughs> uh, and the hosts are really funny, but it's just like, uh, I love that stupid stuff. I've never seen it. So another thing to add to the list, uh, you know, <laughs> I've heard good things though. So <laughs> coming from you, I'm sure it, it, it'll be a good one. And no, those aren't guilty pleasure shows. I watch a lot of those cooking shows too. I love the, the competition ones. Like just, I don't know. I'm a big top like chef. Top chef. Yeah. yeah. That's what's Absolutely. up. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, what is one talent that you wish you had that you don't have? Ooh, great question. I wish, is it, I don't know if it's a talent, but I wish that I could be an organized person when it comes <laughs> to like scheduling and organizing myself and my life. I am so much the by the seat of my pants person mm -hmm. and my finances hate it. <laughs> because I never plan anything that way. So yeah. I wish that I, I had a little bit more of that. Well, don't we all? I, I know there's people out there that are like that, but how, like, how do you manage to like schedule everything that you do, like putting out the content and and guesting on people's podcasts and things? How do you, like, like you were saying, you're like me, I'm not the best at that. So how do you kind of get yourself organized? Uh, Google calendars is my only friend some days because okay. that's why I, <laughs> I rely on those alerts. Like yeah. I'll set it in my calendar. It's like, okay, tell me about this thing the day before or six hours before or whatever. So I make sure that I know and remember everything because otherwise I wouldn't. And this is the other really pat generic answer. I hate to be like that guy, that husband, but like my wife keeps me in line with that stuff so yeah. much. Yeah. Every weekend she'll be like, Oh, we have this thing with friends. Remember, we agreed to do this like weeks ago. I was oh. like, no, nope. <laughs> not remember, but thank you for telling me. Yeah. Oh, no, I get you on that too. I get you on that too. Google calendars, you know, I need to, I need to stop being so old. Like I have this paper <laughs> planner that I write in because I'm cool like that. And I've missed like I'm the type of person that checks in on people like a couple days or a day before. Are you are you still good to go on the podcast? But like I've missed because I 
have it written down, didn't check my planner. And then the guy's like, I, you were supposed to be on my show today. I'm like, oh my God, I am a total dick. It's an accident. I need to get better at this, guys. And paper is not the way to go. Are you the person who likes to write it on paper because you love that satisfaction of like the checklist and like crossing stuff off? Or you just like writing? I think it's just I like writing. Like my desk right now is just like completely like nobody can see this, but just like random stuff just written notes everywhere i'm surprised notes. yeah i'm surprised and i don't know what half of it means like at the time like when i'm talking <laughs> to you i'm writing it down and then i'll look back at it later when i'm you know doing the beginning and be like what did we talk about i'm just saying <laughs> i know what we talked about but you know <laughs> nice well as you can tell i'm getting a little hyperactive which means it's time for me to go to bed probably <laughs> no. but we're gonna wrap this up i just want to know it first and foremost jake i want to thank you so much for coming on the show and for us getting to know you and then I'm also going to let you go ahead and just tell everybody one more time where they can find you and what you've got going on. Well, seriously, thank you for inviting me onto this because this has been one of the more enjoyable experiences <laughs> that I've had recently. So truly, so this has been amazing. Uh, this podcast is amazing. I've listened to so many episodes and they're all fantastic. So with that, with the back padding all out of the way, <laughs> uh, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. My name, uh, the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast is out there at Drinking Fantasy. Ball Blast Fantasy Podcast, of course, is everywhere that you can find podcasts. Uh, and the Harris Football Podcast, I'm, I'm sprinkled in intermittently over there. Excellent, excellent. You guys go check out everything that Jake has to offer. And guys and gals, make sure that you come back next week for a new episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. Stay rad.